Hello, innovators. I'm Todd Wyant, and welcome to the Bridging the Gap podcast presented by Applied Software Great Tech Group. You're invited to join our conversation to model the future of construction innovation and the digital transformation adventure of this great industry. I'm excited to continue our special podcast series that we recorded live from Autodesk University 2023. My guest in this conversation is Hanu Lindbergh, the Director of Virtual Design and Construction at DPR Construction. He has an impressive expertise in BIM VDC-driven project management, process integration, and construction technology deployment. Hope you enjoyed the conversation with Hanu. We are joined by Hanu here at Autodesk University. Uh, for the listening audience, give a little bit of on your background and what brought you to AU this year. Uh, sure. Um, so I'm with uh, DPR Construction. It's, uh, I think, one of the top 10 general contractors in the United States. Yep. We self-perform a lot of concrete, so we like to, you know, we pride ourselves in being a builder, not a broker. Uh, we uh, do a concrete, drywall, uh, doors, frames, and hardware, and a couple other divisions. And really uh, a big advocate for Autodesk and technology. I'm in a construction technology role at DPR. I've uh, been doing this for almost two decades now. Uh, my background's been really in both construction, started kind of boots on the ground, uh, assistant superintendent, uh, jumped to the dark side, as they say, <laughs> and, and went to work for uh, a technology company when I you know, came back to the United States and uh, ended up working on DPR construction uh, when we really wanted to go on and implement a lot of the technology stacks and improve the way we deliver projects. So. Did a short stint at Disney and then came back to DPR and I was in charge of really their building up the virtual design and construction program and now uh, transitioning more into kind of integrating some of our verticals. Mm -hmm. So supporting pre-construction, planning mm -hmm. and scheduling, uh, design, VDC, mm -hmm. MEP. And you got a lot going on like there. <laughs> sustainability. So speaking of like bridging the gaps, right, we've got a lot of yeah. silos and we're really focusing on trying to integrate our work. Mm. And and get more consistency and predictability in how we operate. Yeah. So uh, how has that journey been of starting to bridge those gaps, tear down those silos, and, and get people talking that might ordinarily not interface? Yeah. So it's hard. Um, I mean, our industry is naturally siloed, mm -hmm. um, just amongst our different disciplines that are working on projects. Sure. And it's it's hard enough just within your own organization because we're all set up as kind of different. Mm -hmm. functional work groups focusing on different processes within the construction project life cycle. So it's naturally disjointed. Um, I think we're starting to see uh, and recognize that it's creating inefficiencies for us. And then, you know, we've been on this journey for two or three years now just going, hey, we really got to integrate how we do work mm -hmm. and put some strategies and some focus around how we start better coordinating, integrating workflows, um, left of the line, some planning at right strategies, setting up this jobs for success, and uh, not only leveraging technology to do that, but really bringing people together and make sure we are aligned on the plan, mm. and then uh, having a good plan to execute that and a good strategy how to protect that plan. Uh, how do you go about the, the communication plan to get people not only aware of the plan, but but bought in and then handling that, that change management? Because it's a different mindset yeah to, they have to operate in yeah no i mean i the i think the biggest challenge is just getting alignment early along uh mm -hmm. with uh with everybody who's involved on a project 
Um, there's some really just fundamental things. You got to get plan uh, alignment on uh, customer expectations, right? Mm -hmm. If we're just talking specifically projects, uh, and then then looking at what 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 is really the the, the delivery method going to be, uh, looking at the different construction methods, and then looking at how are we really going to set up this job for success? Whether it's managing the design, creating a strategy for logistics and material deliveries sequence and flow of the work and, and really getting to, I think, uh, what we call data-driven planning mm -hmm. is really starting to crunch uh, the information on like what is really the optimal flow and sequence for this work, taking into account the different challenges that we might have and how do we really put a good strategy together. Yeah, have there been any kind of unexpected challenges or, or hurdles that you've had to overcome? Yeah, I mean, I think every every I think the biggest challenge we see in our industry is every job is is unique, mm -hmm. right? Every job is different. We don't go and build something over and over and over again like the manufacturing industry does. Mm -hmm. uh, every I think everybody's seen that curve of like how manufacturing and like our um, I guess uh, agriculture and all these other different industries are like on this incredible like uh, mm -hmm. you know productivity line, and and I think the construction one is always like flat and stagnant if anything else going down and the reality is just like what we do is really hard mm -hmm. um every single job you're bringing in like multiple disciplines uh that are contributing contributing to the value chain of delivering this job all, all the way from the designer down to really the last person who's putting in the work in the field and so that kind of alignment starts super early and there are just so many obstacles along the way and people need to get aligned on what is it we're building, what does it need to cost, mm -hmm. what's the schedule we need to deliver that. And I think we struggle as an industry, especially contractors, in really helping bring that sort of collaboration mentality in early mm -hmm. and being engaged early. And we're a big proponent of just getting involved early on in the design process so that we can work with our design partners and be a contributing factor in, in the ultimate outcome of that design. and, and get alignment early, control as much we can of, of that sort of kind of the outcome mm -hmm. and, and take that on uh, with bringing on right, uh, right people at the right time. Mm -hmm. There's some interesting dynamics at, at play in the construction industry right now because there is that, that um, maybe greater awareness of the need to, to bring people together yep. earlier on. There's the, the convergence of, of manufacturing and construction coming in yep. while maintaining the the uniqueness of yeah. the, the buildings and that construction will, will never truly be a, a replica of manufacturing principles, but yeah. but how do you pull those in to help create more efficiency in construction? How do you see all those at, at play when there's some, uh, there's some synergy there, but there's a lot of uh, not synergy <laughs> there? Yeah, I, I think the, so I think we're seeing, so one of the biggest things I think that's driving like just modular construction and prefabrication, we've got a lot of challenges in the labor, mm. uh, lack of labor actually, skilled labor to go and put the work in. And so what that, like that alignment needs to happen early on is if that we've got strategies to try to streamline delivery methods, um, you can't do it in the traditional ways. And that synergy just does not exist today. It's like that misalignment and misunderstanding around how, how involved you have to be early on in the design process in order to actually execute some of that work mm -hmm. in a much more uh, 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 efficient way. Um, you have to have that concept of building with that modular prefabrication or 
buildings as products uh, as from a get-go. Mm. You can't introduce that concept too late in the process when the design's already completed. Yeah. Right? So um, Now without a big expense. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? And it's like it's something that's got to give, right? So you got to... I think you got to kind of get those sort of uh, strategies aligned early and make sure that you've got not only buying from the from the client on this is the right approach is the right mm -hmm. strategy but making sure that the you know the design team is allowing us to be part of that conversation early and and, and incorporate some of those um, you know builder concept constructability methods means and methods early on in the process mm -hmm. so where's the the technology piece how does that factor in not only to make the, the office more efficient, but going all the way down to the, the field and, and making sure everybody's on the, the same page there. Yeah, I think we're, I mean, I feel like we're kind of on this sort of just now, like I, I'm surprised it's just now, but I mean, we talked, we thought BIM was going to revolutionize how we do this business mm -hmm. 20 years ago. And we're still trying to figure out how to like really optimize that workflow from a, like a, a data centric and model driven design approach mm -hmm. um, to get that information really coordinated and, 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 and really completed so that we can go execute that first uh, uh, the prototype really and go execute it in the field. We've got um, when you look at really like building information modeling in the context of really what Autodesk provides, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's, uh, we've got all the technology and the tool stacks to do the work. Mm -hmm. uh, the biggest obstacle still seems to be on how we collaborate with those tools. Um, and, uh, and, and just being able to really identify who are all the people in the value chain of creating that design and completing that design and, and who's contributing to what part of that process and, and creating clear, um, steps and phases of work and sequencing the work and the design delivery in a way that it supports construction and we can get everybody to contribute into that um, construction and the design delivery process with bringing in their really builder knowledge mm -hmm. to complete that information and I still believe truly believe I think the the model-based approach is the best way to contribute to that versus everybody creating their content in a silo with like a, a 2D deliverable in mind. Mm -hmm. And then we're trying to like smash it all together in the end to figure out what actually works and what doesn't work versus collaboratively creating that content, identifying what part of that building actually fits together and what works and what doesn't work mm -hmm. and kind of fixing through those details uh, and, and then producing the content and the deliverables so that we don't have to go through this change order process in the end to tweak and change the design uh, later on, which just creates um, inconsistency, unpredictability, creates uh, cost delays, uh, schedule impacts, uh, so cost impacts and, and schedule delays in the field. So um, the, the process is broken, ultimately, I think, is in how we deliver projects. Mm -hmm. We've got all the tools to do it right, but we just haven't uh, tweaked our delivery methods to allow for the technology and the tools to give us the best results. Yeah, so what does that ideal process look like factoring in? We have to embrace the technology because we have a, a huge labor shortage. Uh, how does the, the ideal process look with the, the interoperability coming in to really connect all those data points together to be able to leverage in and yeah. make the, the data useful? Well, I think so. Some of the some of the feedback we've been also given Autodesk is like Autodesk has all the technology tool stacks um, to help us really integrate our workflows. 
Um, we got to get early uh, just consensus alignment on um, the schedule mm -hmm. and milestones, the different deliverables. Um, we're, I think we're too probably broadly focused on these large um, traditional SDD, CD milestones, and we really need to probably break that down further into incremental deliverables um, and build like a really a design packaging strategy based on scope mm -hmm. and incremental sort of milestones to deliver that in order to get design to a state where it can be um, handed over to our trade partners to then coordinate. Mm -hmm. And uh, so there's this sort of a lineage of design to procurement to make sure that we can get our trade partners on board, uh, be able to coordinate the scope, uh, and then be able to either release or things for fabrication or buy the materials if there's long lead times, but then also release information to the field for it to be built on time. So there's a lot of these different touch points that have to line up perfectly. Right. And if something in the value chain is delayed, it sort of impacts everything downstream. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, what typically ends up happening is we design uh, a lot of content without the input of folks, and then we price it and we tell the designer or the owner that, hey, it's over budget. They have to go redesign something. Uh, and what that does, it just sort of crunches the time we have to coordinate the design and you have this design and construction overlap that happens that just ends up creating chaos because mm -hmm. we don't have completed information to deliver to the field on time. Mm -hmm. What's the first domino that needs to, to fall to create the ideal state? Well, I think we just need to get, uh, we need to also understand um, that uh, design is iterative mm -hmm. and, 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 and as it should be. Right, because I mean, I think the defining really the role of the uh, for the architect is to create a, you know, a functional and a, and a, and and the design partners to create a high performing building, ideally something that is uh, looks great as well, but then there's the the devil's in the details, right? So it's like, how do we actually put a lot of those different components together to bring it to life and make sure that it all fits and that you're not having to um, sacrifice on quality or performance. That requires an incredible amount of um, collaboration uh, mm -hmm. in order to get that sort of across the finish line. So I think the the biggest, probably the domino that needs to fall is is just um, I think redefining some of our contracts as well. Uh, there's a lot of uh, there's misunderstanding and misalignment on what the model is and what it isn't, and how could that become more of a contractual deliverable, not replace contract drawings per se, but mm -hmm. you know, I think we all recognize that these contract drawings are created from the model, but then we diminish the, the value or the importance of the model in the process. So um, I think there's a lot of things that need to happen there. There's, a, um, I think, some great efforts happen in, uh, happening nationally with the, the National uh, Institute of Building Sciences. Uh, Johnny Fortune and that team is building some national BIM standards and getting some consistency in, in how we execute some projects, some mm -hmm. standards. Um, and, and I think once those things are, are set in place and we understand that, hey, we have to adapt as an industry, we need to sort of adopt these modern methods of construction, uh, we can't you continue to use the old ways and old traditional methods of building. We've got to adapt and to redefine what does, you know, 21st century construction delivery really look like. 
and 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 just get on the same page. Like we're in this digital revolution, uh, digital transformation is happening across the board, but we haven't adapted our delivery methods to mm -hmm. support that. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I, I, I totally, totally agree. agree. So one of the, the big new changes. Uh, not necessarily a new change, but a development, especially that this week is around AI uh, and yeah. Autodesk uh, announcement of Autodesk AI. How does that factor into this accelerated digital transformation? You know, I, I think it's going to be interesting uh, in in many ways. I, I I'm hoping um, that generally it'll probably shorten a little bit of the the time it, it to create design. Um, because um, uh, from, from my experience and what I've heard from a lot of my colleagues in the industry, it's like a lot of it is obviously rules and math and things like that, Same mm -hmm. things that you can train a, um, a, a, an AI system to do. Uh, and obviously you need uh, kind of a hybrid approach, right? Mm -hmm. You can't just like put, in, put it in and tell it to give you a design. You have to validate it. But... I think it's just the iterations that we'll be able to go through uh, to optimize design will be significantly improved, and hopefully the time to create a, um, you know, I think a functional design will also cut down um, significantly, so that we have more time, mm -hmm. I think, to really vet and collaborate on the constructability components of that design. Uh, not just the performance functions, right? The performance criteria and the specifications that typically are driven by these kind of um, um, uh, uh, design um, professionals, right? So mm -hmm. if we can nail that down and be able to put some parameters around that using some of the AI technology and leveraging the model and using the information, the, the I in BIM in order to optimize that, mm -hmm. I think it'll be a big game changer for our industry. Uh, how quickly do you think the industry will embrace AI? Um, you know, I, I don't think they have a choice, uh, right? It's just going to, it really is going to come at a pace where we are going to have to adapt very quickly mm -hmm. um, and, and, and figure out how can we make that work to our advantage versus trying to reject that. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how the industry does I mean, uh, sometimes I joke that construction technology is a bit of an oxymoron in our <laughs> industry. You know, we, we tend to resist things. We mm -hmm. tend to be very skeptical of things that are new mm -hmm. that, you know, I'm sure there'll be some lawyer who'll identify all these risk factors that are associated with AI and we'll have some clauses in our contracts <laughs> right. that will prevent it from oh, being sure. used. And, you know, um, but I, I think we'll be able to work around it, hopefully, and be able to really clearly create some boundaries of what it is and what it isn't and how can it really help, I think, um, help us really crunch an enormous amount of information in a much quicker and faster way to help people make more informed decisions. Mm -hmm. I like it. What uh, industry gap do you think needs to be solved in the next calendar year? Well, I, I think there's still an incredible disconnect between what's happening, the transformation that's happening in, in the office, and how do we get that uh, to the field in a mm -hmm. much more consumable way. You know, a lot of the, the folks that are still putting the work in place uh, don't necessarily have access to the technology, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we all walk around with our mobile phones, but... You know, the, a lot of times the information is not optimized to be consumed at that kind of a large scale. And, and, and quite honestly, I mean, we've got plenty of applications. There's millions of apps out there that do various different portions of the workflow and the process. But 
it's, it's still quite disconnected. Um, but I think the biggest gap to solve there is just how do we get some of this sort of the work product, the, the work packages, the coordinated information of the field in a much more streamlined way, mm -hmm. um, just in time delivery, whether it's 2D or 3D deliverables and being able to consume that in some kind of a format that is easy to navigate. Mm -hmm. uh, I think is an area where we need to sort of continue to, to evolve. So increasing the training, the skills, the aptitude really of the workforce um, and by doing that, hopefully they'll recognize that the, 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 this is more rewarding mm -hmm. um, to do the work. It'll be faster, easier, and, um, and and hopefully we'll be able to attract some new talent into the industry because there's a lot of new technology that's coming and, 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 and even robotics that are integrating from the information that we're creating that, you know, it's a unique new skill set that's being sort of transformed into the right. workforce. Yeah. How are you going about getting the, the field excited and embracing the, the technology and being moving the, well, just being users of it to maybe even champions of the technology? Well, I mean, a lot of times it's just having that visual medium mm -hmm. uh, and being able to, uh, you know, uh, communicate what we are building visually, I think is, is extremely helpful. Um, we do that today. A lot of times in the, in the trailers and in the offices, we've got large means mechanisms and and and, and tele tvs there that we can we can pull up information very quickly and show what we're building mm -hmm. um i think we still probably need to figure out how do we get some of these things integrated into the hands of folks that are out there in the field whether it's you know we saw some of the technologies here like hard hats and ar and how could something like that become much more prominent in the workforce yeah um, so that they can visually see what they're supposed to build in 3D context versus having to decipher all that information from 2D plans. So I think it's exciting to see where, where some of this technology will go. Uh, you know, we've had some hardware challenges and limitations, but uh, I don't think we're too far off from, from having some of that be um, hopefully changing in how we build. Yeah, I, I feel like you know for so long there was there was so much hype around a, a lot of uh, that, that tech, but, but now it seems that the, the reality is starting to catch up to the hype and it's, it's being implemented now and in, in yeah. real use cases uh, across the board, which is exciting. Yeah, I, I generally think like in the next five to 10 years, I think we're just gonna be significant uh, advancements in technology for construction. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm hoping we've been waiting for this for quite some time <laughs> in our industry. Uh, there's some fundamentals we still gotta get right, but, um, but I, I think there generally are gonna be some incredible enhancements and improvements that hopefully make it make it also easier for the workforce to go and execute. Yeah, so as we start to land the plane here, we're, we're at Autodesk University, it's been dubbed the Design and Make Conference. Mm -hmm. What's the state of Design and Make in your mind? Um, you know, I think we're seeing, um, I think what, what I'm, I'm starting to see in the industry, I think we're recognizing that, hey, in order for us to be able to really produce something and be able to do it right, um, we're, we're seeing new contra uh, contractual delivery methods like uh, progressive design build um, that ultimately allow us to do some of those things I was talking about earlier to collaborate and work together in order to really come up with that optimized design mm -hmm. and, and being able to prototype it and deliver it um, in a much more uh, streamlined and optimized fashion. We've got now you know, direct integrations into manufacturing and offsite construction from the from the models and the design 
and in order to produce that offsite to basically then deliver those to the field. So I think, uh, you know, the, the state of our industry, uh, I think I'm just uh, always uh, an optimist. There's so much room for improvement. Um, you know, I'd like to say that it's better. It's always better than it was previous year. We're always yeah. making progress. The progress could certainly be faster in our industry, but you know, I think we're at a cusp now that if we're not adapting, if there's like now really, I think the, we were the early adopters on the bleeding edge. And now I think the less mm -hmm. of the laggards are coming along and realizing that this is here to stay and then it's not a fad. Yeah. Nice. nice. A couple, couple rapid fire questions, questions for you. Uh, when I say the phrase modeling the future, what does that look like to you? A modeling the future. Modeling the future. Yeah. Well, hopefully, um, what I'd like to see is, is this sort of the, the continuous evolution of detail. Um, I'd like to see these models, we talk about different levels of LOD, level of detail, 200, 300, mm -hmm. 400. Mm -hmm. I really would love it to become a rep true representation of what we are gonna go and build. So every single thing is in the model mm -hmm. so that that inherent trust in that model is, as, is increasing. So we can get much more accurate information out of there be able to do everything, uh, including estimating and planning directly out of the model. Because yeah. we will have these detailed, um, essentially, I uh, hate to use this, I'm gonna get a slack for this, using digital twins. It's like a, a big joke, uh, but like that we use so often, but you know, a true representation of what that um, uh, prototype of what's gonna get built. Yeah, nice. So one of the things that we talk a lot about on Bridging the Gap is around innovation. What does innovation uh, mean to you? Uh, innovation, we, we, we actually use that term a lot in our company. Uh, innovation to me is, uh, uh, if I was really succinct, it's uh, innovation with a purpose. Mm. Um, not just chasing shiny new objects and, and things that are, you know, the cool factor, but mm. something that is truly solving a particular problem that is increasing um, quality, uh, financial results or schedule outcomes. Um, and, and really making a pos like positive impact in how we build, uh, whether that is from a, you know, the traditional cost and schedule or just from, um, from a human capital meeting. We can do it faster and we don't have to work overtime and work so hard. Mm. Nice. nice. How, how do people, people find, find out more information and connect with you? Uh, well, they're ha I'm happy to connect on LinkedIn, um, uh, Hanu Lindbergh uh, on LinkedIn. Uh, feel free to email me at hanul at dpr.com. Happy to continue the conversation. Awesome. Last, Last question for you. If I could give you all construction power, you could snap your fingers and innovate one thing in the industry. What would you pick to innovate? What would I pick to innovate? That's a great question. Oh, so I haven't thought about that. What was the one thing that I would innovate? I mean, I think the easy answer is probably our contracts, mm. right? And, mm. and how, we, how we try to shed risk today mm. versus trying to set things up for a more collaborative approach from the get-go. Uh, I think I would get some of those contractual barriers out of the way. Yeah, I think it's, it's an interesting, interesting uh, topic, topic to dive into because Everybody right. talks about the collaboration, but then the contracts are set up to not collaborate. Exactly. So the incentives are, are totally misaligned there. That's absolutely right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Hunter, thanks so much for taking the time. Thank you. Enjoy appreciate the conversation. Chat. Yeah, appreciate yeah. it. And now it's time for my Todd takes from this episode. First take, to ensure long-term project success, 
It's crucial to establish alignment at the beginning of the design process and secure buy-in. This sets the foundation for realistic project setup. Second take, while we possess the necessary tools, it's essential to adapt our delivery methods to fully leverage technology for optimal results. And finally, AI is already here and offers immense potential for those who embrace it. It empowers us to efficiently process vast amounts of data and information leading to maximum effectiveness. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you are interested in learning more, you can visit our sponsor, Applied Software Great Tech Group at asti.com for more information. You can listen to this podcast anytime by simply going to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out our website, bridgingthegappod.com. As always, I'm Todd Wyant, thanking you for joining the conversation to model the future on the Bridging the Gap podcast. Keep innovating. Bridging the Gap is hosted, directed, and produced by Todd Wyant, edited and produced by Eric Daniel. Bridging the Gap is an applied software, great tech group production, copyright applied software, great tech group, 2023.